Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Say, I'm justified. justified. Alright, today I want to teach on, let me spell it for you so you write it down. R-E-D-E-E-M-E-D. How does it sound? What? Louder. Redeemed. Someone shall redeemed. redeemed. Shall redeemed. redeemed. Psalm 107 verse 2. Let's all read it together. Let's go. One more time. Alright, for the last time, just the first part. Let's go. Let, Let the redeemed of the say so. One more time. For the last time, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. It says that if you are redeemed, say it. Say I'm, it says, say I'm redeemed. Talk about the fact that you are redeemed. Don't go around saying I'm doomed. <laughs> I'm redeemed. Amen. Say I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. So we're going to take our time to talk about redemption, but we'll, we'll focus more about something that is connected to redemption. Redemption has got to do with two main ways. Redeem. So he came to redeem him who was a legal captive. But you can't go and redeem a legal captive without paying a price. And so the price that was paid for the legal captive is called ransom. R-A-N-M-S-O-M. It's called ransom. So a ransom has to be paid in order to redeem a legal captive. When I say legal captive, that means that it's not illegal. His captivity is legal. His captivity is legal. So he has to be redeemed. Did you get that? So I want to spend more time because we have been redeemed. But I want to spend more time talking about the process of our redemption which has everything to do with ransom. But first of all, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says that, For even the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Okay? Now, Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus himself said that he came as a ransom. Okay? That's very important to understand. The same thing is repeated in Matthew chapter 20 verse 28. Now, last week we looked at Romans chapter 3 verse 4 and 5. Let's go back there and then we will take it further. Romans chapter 3. Oh, I like Romans. Once I go to Romans, I begin to... Get into time trouble. Because everything in Romans is so nice. 
Romans chapter 3, verse, uh, as I told you last week, I have this problem. I'm going to go back to read from beginning, from 21. That's no, I'm going to 24, but let's read from 21 because it makes more sense. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified, remember justification? Being justified, talking about all have sinned and justification is regarding the sinners. So everyone has sinned. So anyone who is justified obviously tells you that was once a sinner. Okay, so it says, being justified freely. Oh, I like that freely. I realize that in our modern day, we love the word free. There was a time I saw an advert on, I think, television. Yeah, um, free credit, six months free credit. And I'm wondering what a free credit is, you know. If you have said interest-free, that's different. But it's a free credit. What's the meaning of free credit? So it seems like free. When we hear the word free, it makes things sell. Because everyone wants something free. So anything you want to do and you want to get business, find a way of attaching some free to it. All right. Most of those frees are just marketing, just to, to get people. But this freely, we, most of us actually don't even notice it. Bible says that being justified freely by his grace. You see that what I was talking about, free grace. Justification is free. You didn't have to do anything. He justified you freely. That's why you were a sinner and yet still justified. Not after you stopped sinning, but whilst you were a sinner. He justified you as a sinner. You didn't have righteousness from within, but he brought free righteousness and gave it to you. Because justification and righteousness to go together. Remember, what is justification? God declaring somebody righteous. All right? And how can they say you are righteous when you don't have any righteousness in you? So God said, okay, don't stay where you are. I have specially packaged righteousness. I'm going to put on you and declare you justified. (laughs) That's how you and I are. Say, I'm blessed. Did you understand what I just said? It's very profound. Anyway, so being justified freely by his grace. Let's go back to the test. By his grace. Through what? Through what? The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All right? So, through the redemption that, that is in Christ Jesus, who God set forth with appreciation by his blood through faith for the, for the demonstration of Israel. But so the key word is through the redemption. So, we are justified freely through the redemption. All right? So, through the redemption that we got, justification came. So you can't just be talking about I'm justified and ignore redemption because redemption is the process through what, uh, which God actually justified us. That, does that make sense? So justification and redemption goes together. Now I've explained redemption here, but um, the explanation I gave here brings a lot of questions to mind. One of the questions that we are going to be asking, we're going to find out from what I'm going to talk about is what is a ransom? Ransom. I have explained already explained what. Um, redemption is. So what is a ransom? We're going to talk about what a ransom is. I'm going to show you what a ransom is. And then, so why? Why did we need a ransom? And then, who paid that ransom then? And how was it paid? To whom was it paid? For whom was it paid? Six questions. Alright. So now, let's look at this. I want to show you some. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 6. Please turn your Bibles to First Timothy chapter verse 6. I know someone will be blessed today. I said someone will be blessed today. 
First Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. I love the Bible. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time? That's talking about Jesus Christ. Or at verse 5 says that, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a, ran- a ransom for all. For how many? All. For how many? All. all right, I'm going to explain in a few minutes what the all there means. He gave himself as a ransom for all. Okay. Say, I'm, just, I'm justified. And say, I've been redeemed. Say, I've been redeemed. After today, I trust God you'll be able to appreciate the, the act of redemption and it will empower you to know how to deal with a lot of things, particularly the devil. All right. So the first question, before we go to the first question, I think let's read this text again. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See, grace has showed up. If you watch very carefully, you see these same words showing up. Grace, faith, redemption, justification, righteousness. They are always, this is what the Christian life is actually about. But sad to say, some pastors, very great, respectable men of God, recently we hearing them teaching on grace, 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 grace. Talking a lot about grace. To the extent that other certain other pastors feel very uncomfortable when you teach so much about grace, because the whole thing is why are you talking about grace, not of your works? So it's not your work, so you can't do anything at all. That's why people are doing anything, they are sinning. When you talk about these kind of things, it makes people feel free to sin. And I was thinking about the, the implication of all these things. Because shouldn't we teach about this grace thing? And when I said I was going to teach about grace, people will be okay if you talk about grace in the sense. That favor. <laughs> this is our modern day generation. Consumerism has eaten us up so much. Grace is favor. Vice is better and deeper and stronger than favor. But most, most of us, we just say, oh, grace is favor. Favor. Favor of God. Favor of God. So you are going to look for a job. Favor of God. You want a husband. Favor of God. You want to marry that lady. Favor of God. You, you're going to buy a car. The favor. It's and most of them people are thinking about this, thinking, talking about this favor, they are thinking about what they are getting. Oh, it's just what I'm getting. And most of what they are getting is all materialistic. It's about it. Not even the spiritual development. Oh. They are talking about the man married me. There are other five ladies who wanted him. By, for God gave me favor before him. I went for the interview. There are 17 people. I was the only one. I got favor. The favor is working. Okay, you went for the interview and you were the first one to be removed. Mm. And the unbeliever who is being swearing and cursing is the one who got a job. Now, how would you explain that in the light of favor? Because most of us, the Christian liturgy that has been given to us is a consumerism Christianity, bread and butter Christianity. So many people will come to church because of what they are going to get. If it's not what you are going to get, like the miracle testimony, it is the devil you are running away from. But not the God we are hungry after. And because of that, there are a lot of people who have come into churches and really their focus is not Jesus being the center. They'll say, okay, Jesus is the center because in the name of Jesus, and when they say in the name of Jesus, you know what they are talking about. We are delivering the devil. (laughs) So as long as in the name of Jesus you work for me and get my... 
That is fine. Jesus will remain the center. But not so much as to, watch this, the Christianity is like, you a sinner. You don't deserve it. God loved you. In spite of all the things, he loved you, forgave you, and made you his own. Freely gave to you by his grace. So let's say the relationship between God and man is called grace. Now, what am I trying to explain? Many people have lowered the standard of God and lifted the value of man. And by so doing, reduced the impact of grace. But the reality is, God is not in our class. He's far. The holiness of God is really, cannot be described. How can I describe? And the fallenness of man is really so bad. Many people, many people try to give themselves more credit than they actually deserve. Especially in public. We look so good. And when people get maybe a good car or a bit of money, they forget that they are so human. Until usually in times of crisis or death or danger, then they begin to realize how frail they are as human beings. Now what am I trying to say? The, the more you have an exalted understanding of God, and the bad, wretched situation of man, it gives you a better appreciation of the grace of God. But the more you think it's not a big deal, all God is doing for me is getting me just a car. And God is always with us. The more you, you see it like that, and thinking that God is, you see, so your understanding of who God is will help you appreciate grace. And you know what's happening? In many Christian circles, that's why people can go to church we are praying. They say, God is here. They will come. Can't be bothered. Because of the, the, you see, but one thing that some of the religious bodies have is the, in the Catholic church, you don't go around in the Catholic church just walking. Even when you are crossing, you have to bow because God is here. When a true Catholic is going for communion, they go like this. We, we used to go like this. Even though we are bad inside. But we, we don't joke with it. Anytime you go, and many, my mom used not to take communion because she said she, she was not a wedded wife, so she, it doesn't matter how clean she, she would. Because if you take it, when we were in secondary school, some of our friends who were not Christians or who were not Catholics, who had, they had not had first communion, if we go to church and they go and eat it, we, we said, it's a curse. <laughs> so everybody, they had this aura about the things of God, which is necessary. Charismatic, God, God has become our friend. Hey, I'm a friend of God. God, what's that, man? <laughs> because we have lowered the, the awesome. When we say, my God is awesome, even we are just using the words, but we don't see how. That's why someone can finish singing this song and go and still fight the husband, or fight the wife, or fight the, about that Christian sister, she was just sitting here. Or we are singing, my God is awesome, and singing kneeling down afterwards, I yeah, don't talk to this one. After all, let's shake hands with somebody so I can't talk to you. Because we don't really, we, 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 we make ourselves more important than we should and bring God lower than we should. And so we don't appreciate the grace of God. Somebody getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. The more we lower the greatness of God and lift the fallenness of man, the less we appreciate the grace of God. But the more we exalt the, the magnificence of God and really put man where he is and lower the, 
the value of man, so long as the relationship with God is concerned, we tend to appreciate, we, we say that, who am I that God, he should be mindful of me? What is, what is man that he should visit him? Let's re-examine our mindsets and understanding about who God is. Now, so, Bible talks about Ephesians uh, chapter 1 verse 7, says that, in whom we have been redeemed through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. So, first of all, what is a ransom? Ransom, as I explained earlier on, ransom is a price paid for the release of a captive. So, you, you hear that sometimes they said the Italian government or the British government or some government should pay, uh, should bring a ransom, or in Nigeria, you know, some of these places, people who hijack people, they hijack, they come and pay a ransom. You go and pay so that they say, okay, if you pay, we release your child. That's redemption. You have to pay to redeem. Even though they are holding that person in captivity, is illegal. All right. So, but ransom is a price that is paid for the release of a captive. A, a price that is paid for a release. So then, that is ransom. Now, when we are talking about Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Christianity and ransom paid for our redemption, and as I explained earlier on, in, in the olden days, a slave can be owned by someone, put on the slave market, and he said, no, that's my son. All right, if you want your son back, all you got to do is just pay the price, pay whatever price. That's the, so that price being paid is the ransom. And guess what? Brothers and sisters, you and I were slaves. All right, so ransom was paid. Why was it necessary for the ransom to be paid? It was necessary because someone was in slavery. And who was that person? Who? You were a slave. All right, slave to what? Huh? To what? Really? Slave to what? See why it's good to teach on redemption and these things? Slave to what? I'll show it to you from the text, from the scriptures. John chapter 8, verse 34. Serious text. John chapter what? Verse what? Is it not serious? Who is talking here? Let's already out loud from the screen. Are you ready? If the Bible is yours, underline that, that statement. Jesus said, Jesus answered and said, Moses, let's go. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Can you imagine? Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Hmm. Who said that? How many of us committed sin? <laughs> so can you imagine? It doesn't matter the, uh, the value of your shoe. If you commit sin, you are slave to sin. And we were slaves in slavery. Sin had us. Before you became born again, it was difficult not to sin. Why? Because sin had you. So we were slaves to sin. Say, I was a slave to sin. So that's... No <laughs> one is telling me that I don't know. This, this thing I'm doing, I can't stop it. So I'm going through psychotherapy. It's good. Psychotherapy is good. You know, it works to a certain extent. All right. But see, sin is a spirit. 
<laughs> Jesus will break the power of sin and set someone free. In Romans chapter 6, look at that, verse 20. Romans chapter 6, verse 20. Let's read it together. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. What were you? What were you? So if you say when you were, that starts to imply that now you are not. When you were. This is talking to Christians. Everyone who is a Christian was once a slave. And redemption is, Jesus had to pay the ransom for your deliverance, for you to be redeemed, for you to be bought back, for you to be collected back from slavery, from the slave market. You were on the slave market for sale. You are not free. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, when I wasn't born again, I was, I told you, I used to go to church 14 times a weekend, sometimes even more. Go to church regularly. Was always in church, but sometimes in the middle of service, I was sitting there and I could feel I was lost. Right. I, I knew something, I wasn't happy, something was missing. Jesus is the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Something was missing. I've done everything, but I know I'll go to church regularly, I'll do everything, but I knew I was lost. Something was missing because I was in slavery and I wasn't bought yet. Okay, so number one, we were slaves to what? Sin. Not only sin, we are also slaves to something. Who can tell me? Slaves to something. What did you say? Satan. Satan. People in church normally. You see, it is, you'll be deceived to think Satan does not exist. Oh, Satan is a very diabolic, wicked. Look at John chapter 8, verse 44. (laughs) This is serious. This is Jesus talking, you know. What did he tell the people? Jesus, Jesus said to the Jews, said, you are of your father the devil. So, there are two major families on earth. Only two. And two fathers. When Jesus said we should pray, he taught us, what did he say? Our father. So, the, Jesus also said, father, let your will be done. There are only two fathers, spiritually speaking. There are only two fathers. You, add, you definitely, once you're a human being, you belong to one of them. But we are, watch this. We were all born, even if your mother, your natural parents were high priests and popes. If they marry, they give birth to you, guess what? When you are born, Satan is your father. Because of fallen humanity. So this one is nature issue. You were born naturally as Satan's own. So Jesus told them, you are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. <laughs> so, watch this. Jesus, the second thing, we were slaves to sin. We were, also, we were also slaves to the devil. Satan got you. If you are not born again, Satan got you. I don't care how expensive your shoes are. Satan got you. I don't care the figures in your salary. Satan got you. I don't care where you live. Satan got you. If you are not born again, Satan... So see, don't, that's, I don't know why you should go and marry an unbeliever because Satan got him. It's true. Satan got him. So the, the man will be a very good person or the woman will be a very good person. But good person and Satan got him and Satan is looking for you. Okay, then it's easy for Satan to get you because this was Satan got him even though he's good. Outward, he looks good. He smiles well. He dresses well. 
or she smiles when she dresses well, you after you marry, you will see that Satan got him. So, so God, okay, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. Look at that. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. 2 Timothy 2 26, he said, and that, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Go to verse 25, at least to make sense of what is we are reading. Verse 25, um, okay, verse 24, want something that starts, okay. And the servant of the Lord must, must not quarrel. Did you hear that? Sisters, brothers, those of you who are always quarreling and contentious with people, Bible says what? The servant of the Lord. If you are born again, you've been quarreling, you are not serving God properly. The one who is serving God, he said, must not quarrel. Whether it's with your wife or your husband, or your church sister, or your uncle, or your... The servant of the Lord must not what? Quarrel! A serious Christian. <laughs> Your, your husband is a demon. Always oh, in turn, and then you can't. You don't even see eye to eye with your husband. And every time you are carrying your, your fat Bible, coming to city church, this is my Bible. I have what to say. <laughs> you know, most of the time, our charismatic Christians we read, we don't see these ones in the Bible. Yeah. We gloss over it because that's not what we are looking for. We are looking for, and the, the, the Lord has given us victory. Amen. Power. Amen. The servant of the Lord was not quite okay. What else? What else? What else? <laughs> I will stay there. Uh, let me put it back on the screen. What does it say? Let's all read it together. A, a servant of the Lord must not, but what? Be gentle to all, apt to teach, in humility correcting those who are in, in opposition, if God perhaps may grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. See, talking about those who are not born again. All right, go to the next verse. Okay, verse 26 says that, and that they may come to their senses. Anyone who is not born again is not in their right senses. <laughs> it's not in their senses. That's why sometimes they treat you like that. See? So that they may come in their senses. They may come into their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Satan has a trap. He has trapped all these people. And so, he said they may, so that they may escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by the devil to do his will. So you go and marry someone who is not redeemed, mm. the devil will make them do his will in your life. That's right. Hmm. You have to be careful who you call your associate. Mm. I say, you shouldn't do business with unbelievers. No, maybe that sometimes that's the best. But you have to be careful because Satan can easily influence people. And if you are on a spiritual plane and very spiritual, Satan will use them against you easily. Can use anybody who he has access to against you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So Satan, if you are those when we are not born again, we were held taken captive by who? The devil. Number one, we were slaves to sin. Number two, we are slaves to what? The devil. Number three, look at I want you to define it yourself. Number three, first John chapter five, verse 19. First John 5 19. Let's all read that together. We know that. We are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Who is the wicked one? The devil. Okay. Who lies under the, the sway of the wicked one? The whole world. Now, don't you see the world here? It's not talking about like the globe, but it's talking about the system. The system of the world is under the influence or under the sway of the wicked one. And because we are 
in the world, sometimes God delivered when we are saved or we are redeemed. We were redeemed from the, from the influence of the world. Got it? We were redeemed from the influence. So Christians have been redeemed from the influence of the world. And you have to live it out. Redeemed from the... That's why I don't see why we should so much be fashing crazy. To the extent that sometimes, even when it's detrimental to us, it's not helping our lives, and it's just because they say it's fashion. It's fashion, and you can tell that it's of sin. Some of the fashion, the other time I saw some of all this, you know, news, sometimes news, they show fashion bits. And you see some of the things that people are wearing, you see? Oh. And some of these musicians who try and introduce fashion, you understand what I'm saying? And you a Christian, so... That's what is invoked. So you too, you are being controlled. It's invoked. It's invoked. It's invoked. A young, handsome boy. You are wearing nice trousers. You have loose the belt. And the, your pants are at the bottom. Of, and you are walking gallantly, confident because it looks fashionable. You are very crazy. You, what you need is redemption. <laughs> so you'll be delivered from the world. Hallelujah. Redeemed. Shall redeemed. Redeemed. Shall I'm redeemed. So he redeemed us from sin, redeemed us from the power of the devil, and redeemed us from the world. And finally, I like this one. Galatians, no, I didn't quote the other scripture about redeem, redemption from the world, which are Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Just look at that quickly. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. I like that one. Galatians chapter 1. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil age. Or aeon, that's age. Sometimes translated the world. We are, so he can deliver us from the world, the present evil age. There's a difference between the world system and God's way. Young girl, you, have, you are insulting your mother because uh, my mom is she's not nice. She says, it's my life, leave me alone. And now if I go, they'll even give me hostel. You, hostel. That's why you are a hostage. <laughs> hey, they will give me a hostel. And you shamefully walk it. I have a hostel. Uh, well, you, who, at this your age, you live in a hostel. Ha! Ah, you need a hospital. I'm not saying hostel is evil. But some people, you don't need a hostel when you have a good mother. And society has influenced you. think that my mother, it doesn't allow me to do everything. Sometimes when I want to go out with my boyfriend, you need a boyfriend. Shame on you. I want to go out with my girlfriend and I want my real girlfriend to come and spend the night with my house. My mom is giving problems. You should be even ashamed saying something that despicable of sin with your mouth. <laughs> because when I go to school, they say, you know, as a young girl, you should, it's okay to have a boyfriend. So you want to spend a, spend a night with your boyfriend in your room. Your mom said, no, you are, you are upset. You want to go and go, go, you want, go, go for hostel. See why when you have a mother, responsible mother, and then you are running, to, you are going for hostel because of your naughtiness. And you know, my, my darling, the problem is later on the thing will bite you so much, you become you become a burden to us. Shame on you! I'm telling you, I'm a pastor, I'm experienced. They end up becoming a burden. Most of the people who, get, if you see, you need authority and control. But, because it looks okay in our society. And okay, it's okay. All my friends are losing their virginity. So me too, I have to lose my own. I'm now 18. Shame on you. Close your legs and serve God. 
church, let's celebrate virginity. When people are virgin, let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Young girls thinking that you have to, you have not tasted it. So you, go, or even when I'm pregnant, they will help me abortion. Who will help you? You pile up and later on your life is like one big mess. And then you are looking for prayer everywhere. Running and say, I'm not happy, you know. I'm not happy. I'm depressed. Yes, the way you were running away from home, why won't you be depressed? Because you are come, you are under Satan's control. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. So the world system, the world, the fact that your friends say it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. The fact that everybody is getting drunk. Friday night, going to a nightclub, getting drunk, walking with their heads, and it's, it looks fashionable. Doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. The fact that the police will not arrest you for getting drunk doesn't mean it's okay. Young girl, don't you, young boy, young gentleman, don't you value you are smoking weed? Ah, why would you smoke weed? It's your nose a chimney. No, no, no. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's, not, it's not correct. Yeah, yeah. And then. I'm telling you, God's system, the world system has gotten a lot of captured. So their minds have been deceived. I'm, I'm trying to help people. Some of, I don't think anybody, anyone here is like that. Is there anyone here like that by chance? If you are here, you smoke, may the Lord have mercy on you. Repent! Don't say I can't stop. I need nicotine patch. Jesus has to redeem you from the powers of hell. Once you are redeemed, you can't stop it. Even the government is saying that smoking kills. And then you are smoking, and then it come through the healing line. <laughs> Lift your head. That, this is the, what is amazing about grace. Grace will say, "Don't worry, we will pray for you," but you will suffer a little bit. All right, so God has delivered us. Jesus has delivered us from this world system. <laughs> Finally, four things that he's delivered us from. Number one, what? Sin. Number two, what? Sin. Number three, what? The world system. And number four, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It's so unambiguous. It's so clear that we have been delivered from it. It's in Galatians chapter 3. It tells us what he delivered us from. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. What does it say? Open your Bible, open your Bible, and I want you to underline some stuff. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Did you see that in your Bible? Christ has done what redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. The curse of the law. Alright, so he redeemed us from the curse of the law. There is a law in every human being's heart. You can't tell me a child is lying while the child didn't know they are lying. There's a law in that child's heart that when she even lies or he lies, that child knows that it's not right to lie. It's, like, it's, it's a law. And so that, that curse, there's a curse. God has put a law in her heart. Besides the Ten Commandments and all, there's actually inbuilt system, conscience and law that governs us from within. Romans chapter 2 verse 14 talks about that. From within, there's a system, conscience that governs us. And when we are not in Christ, sometimes we just do things the way we want to do and we break God's law and it brings us under a curse. So anyone who is not born again is actually under a curse. Either knowingly or unknowingly, you are, we were all born into a curse. But God being so fair, God being so good, God being so merciful, decided that I'm going to deliver you. 
You see, you didn't do anything for it. How many of us contributed for our birth? <laughs> you contributed. Maybe, okay, let's do, a, let's, let's do some donations. Okay, now we are about to give birth. You have to do something so that another that we won't give birth to you. You have to do something. <laughs> you didn't contribute anything. You were just born like that. It's your mom who suffered most of the time. Nine months carrying you, or whether eight months carrying you, sometimes tired and all that. And you were just inside enjoying and enjoy, eating, just eating all. And as soon as you are born, the first thing you know is food. <laughs> no contribution. But guess what? As soon as you are born, you were born into a case. <laughs> That's why the first thing children do is they don't laugh, they cry. <laughs> They say, ah, you have to join this team. <laughs> so, you, you were born into it. But guess what? Because God, you didn't, watch this, I'm trying to, I'm trying to underscore the grace each year. Because God didn't do, you didn't do anything contribute to your birth. And your birth introduced you to this slavery. In the same way, God took the responsibility upon himself because of his love to deliver you from the slavery. So all you do is that you, don't, you are not delivering yourself. You have to accept Jesus and then immediately you are in. It's not a for It's free. Say it's free. free. Say I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Say it. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. So what did Jesus redeem us from? Sin. Sin. Yes. The devil. Satan. World system. And the case of the, you are wonderful students. Clap for yourself. So now we are talking about the what is a ransom. We are talking about why is it necessary because we are in slavery. And then number three, who, so who paid the ransom? Who paid the ransom? Mark chapter 10 verse 45. Jesus said that for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So he came to give his life. So the, the demonstration I did before the service, uh, before we went into, further into the teaching, that man was on one hand and was in captivity and ransom has to be paid to redeem. Jesus himself came to be the ransom, to be paid so that man will be redeemed. Okay, and so for us to be redeemed, there needed to be ransom to be paid, but the ransom that was paid was Jesus. He himself, he said that he came to give his life. Watch this. Not he came to give his blood, his life. Because if he's just talking about little blood, he was a carpenter. I don't know how many of you have done DIY before, but if you are quite used to DIY, you, some blood will flow somewhere along the line. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you see a big plaster on the finger because you, you were sawing and you are cutting something with the saw and you didn't see it. You finished cutting, but I didn't realize that you're finishing so soon. And then it's and then first aid. No big one. Someone after. So Jesus definitely, as a carpenter, might have had, maybe he was hitting there and then, you know, I don't like that at all. When you are hitting a nail and then the hammer hits you, I don't like it. It's one of the, but, but, but I'm sure. So Jesus could have, cuts himself somewhere and spills some blood and that would have been okay. But it's not just that. He had to give his entire life by dying on the cross because he had to die 
to give his life. That's how to die. To give his entire life. So the Bible says that he came to give his life a ransom. So he gave his life to be a ransom so that you and I will be redeemed. He didn't have to pay anything. It was free. He did it for you. That's why the church, Jesus is the center. Because he did it for us. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ paid the price. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. Quite an interesting scripture. I need to rush through this now. So quickly get those scriptures on the screen. Huh. Knowing that you are not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold. He said, you. Okay, look at this. I know it's very common. For friends to betray the other friend, to betray friends, to get extra money or something. People will even kill to get money. Right? Because they value the money they are getting higher than their, their life. Many people, many people under normal circumstances, like those of us here, we will not say, I want to just get the job pays one million pounds a year, so I will take it and it doesn't matter if my children mess up and no, I don't care. You won't do that. Because you value your children than, more than what you're getting. No, man, no, no land can pay for your value. So value, the value you place on something is, 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 determines what you pay for that thing or what you exchange for that thing. And God placed so much value on your life that is that the only thing that is valuable enough to deliver you and redeem you is God, the God life. God life. That's how God life. That's why it's called amazing grace. God value. So most of us, we don't value ourselves because some boyfriends didn't treat us well. A boyfriend was saying, you are even not beautiful. And so you think, oh, maybe no one likes me. I'm, hey, Jesus died for you. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, almighty God, he died for you. And you're letting a younger boy tell you that. <laughs> so because that you are so down. You are down and you come to church. We are worshiping Jesus. You are standing like that. <laughs> because a young lady, a young lady who thinks she's beautiful, even though she herself is not convinced about the way her looks and a lot of ways, she tells you that, no, you are not my type. So you are so down. You are so down. A Christian brother will come to church. He said, here I am to worship. You can't lift your hand because you're down. The lady doesn't want me again. Hey! Jesus loves you so much Amen. that he counts you valuable than any. You know, if you were the only one in this world, Jesus would still have died for you. Amen. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> if you were the only one alive on this earth, Jesus will still have come because that's how valuable you are. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18, the scripture we are reading earlier on. It says that for you were not redeemed by corruptible. Corruptible means that things that are perishable. Things that gold can perish. Silver can perish. Alright? From your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. You see? Aimless. Okay, let me leave that. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> but hey, but what? Precious. He's telling you that it's not that this, this blood in God's sight, precious blood, but with the precious blood of Christ, as, a, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Clean, impeccable. That's what God gave for our redemption. All right? I think we should clap for Jesus. Yes. Someone lift up your right hand and say, I am loved. I am loved. Say, I am loved. 
Very much loved by God. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter who doesn't treat you well. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You know, so you must understand this. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs. And it is the love of God that made him give his best just to redeem you from slavery, from sin, from slavery, from the devil, from slavery into the world, and from the curse of the law. Redeem you. So, now, he paid the price. Who paid this price, Jesus Christ himself. Bible says that. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 again quickly. Let's do that quickly. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. What does it say? Put it on the screen for me please. Who gave himself for our sins? That's Jesus Christ, okay? That he might deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of um, Ephesians 5.25. Husband, love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church and it will give himself. Or he gave himself to buy the church. Look at the verse 2. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2. It says that Uh, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. So the price that was paid, the ransom was Jesus himself. All right. Let me quickly run through this. So um, what is a ransom? A price pay to redeem. Number two, why is a ransom necessary in our case? Because we are in sin, slave to sin, slave to Satan, slave to the world, and uh, 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 slave by the world system, and another case of the law. So who paid the price then? Jesus Christ paid the price to save us from all, all that. And then number four, if Jesus paid, what did he pay? Do you understand what I'm saying? He paid. Okay, but what did he pay to deliver you? We read earlier on, First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, that we were redeemed by the precious blood. So he paid his blood. And Isaiah chapter, write these scriptures down, put them on the screen quickly because of my time. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. It says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the, with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. That's Jesus Christ. He just poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession. for. So he bore the sins. He poured out his soul. All right? He poured out. Remember that. Well, I don't want to come back to that text again, but I'll mention something in respect to that. He poured out his soul. Now, remember, Jesus Christ, I want you to notice this. Jesus Christ, his life was not taken from him. He gave up his life. There are two different things. He it's a, it's willingly gave up his life for us. Not by accident. Maybe he died and then, okay, let, let, like some of us when we are fasting. We fast by accident. When we realize you are not eating the whole day, it's now 3 p.m. So he decided to make convert into a fast. <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about. No, Jesus didn't die by accident. Okay, okay, let me make it. No, he gave up his life. The Bible says that he loved the church and gave himself up for the church. Here, the Bible said he poured out. It was not taken from him. He poured out himself. All right? So Jesus, it was a willing exercise he did on our behalf. That is an exercise of love. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, Bible says that, Therefore, take him to yourself and to the flock, to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you of us here to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his blood. What clearly we can tell what he used to buy us. What did he used to buy us? What did he used to buy us? 
So the ransom, the ransom he paid was his blood. Let's all say that together. To shed for many. So the covenant we are in, there was blood behind it. We were purchased, we were redeemed by the blood. Say, I'm redeemed. Shout, I'm redeemed. Shout, I'm redeemed. Galatians 2.20 says that I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but the life that I live. I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and did what? He gave himself. That's lovely. He said, don't worry. You don't have to die. I'll die for you. Yeah. He, he willingly gave himself for me. That's the truth of Christianity. That's why it's good news. Say good news. Good news. All right. Quickly. So, what, what, who paid the price? Who paid the price? What did he pay? What, what was it that he paid? He paid with his blood. Last two questions. To whom did he pay this? To whom did Jesus pay? There's this, many people think that Jesus paid to the, the, the devil. Called that we are in captivity to the devil. No, he, he paid to the justice of God, the righteousness of God. Till on the cross was Jesus God. The wrath of God was satisfied. Jesus paid. It's called propitiation. He appeased the wrath of God. And when he appeased the, appeased the wrath of God, he expiation, expiation, he took away our sins. When our sins were taken away, redemption, he redeemed us because now there was no problem between God and us. Bible says the wages of sin is death. So someone has died. Jesus Christ took care of that. He died. And so now there's no problem between God and I. And because the wrath of God or the justice of God had been satisfied, we are now free. So he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Redeemed us from anything that because we had a problem with God was, was controlling our lives. Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short. Because all have sinned, all have come into slavery. So those of us who come into Christ, we come out from the slave. So he'd watch this. Now, about he paid it to the devil. The devil had us. No, he didn't pay it to the world. He didn't pay it to the devil. He paid it to the justice of God. Some other parts of the world, they, you know, the insurgents or they hijack someone. They come, and then they say, you, are, and you know, our British government doesn't pay ransom. So why? Because if they capture him and then we go and pay, this is the government, go and pay ransom. Who goes to the bank laughing? They do. So we, we pay the ransom and go. Do you understand that? Yeah. So if we, Jesus paid to the devil, the devil actually got, he, he, had, and then he, he won. Yeah. Because he pay, he's laughing now. Yeah. He got you and he made you pay and he's laughing. <laughs> and so then Jesus kind of is the, 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 the victim because his blood was paid to the devil. Yeah. The devil got the blood down. No! The blood was not paid to the devil because then that makes the devil look like he's the winner. Because the devil is not a winner. He got access. It's like you don't have a door in your house and the cold or damp is coming to your people are getting sick. It's not because the the weather is very powerful. It's because you don't. Once you put a door in, you are dealt with it. So because we were not in in relationship with God, our relationship with all the freedom we had was, was hijacked by the devil. But now, once our relationship with God is in place, it's just like if you have security officers around you. It's difficult for your, your enemies to get you. But once your security officers are not there and you are fighting, you give the security officer, leave me alone, get out of my car, and you go, then they'll get you. 
So the enemy got us because of our relationship with God, which was broken. But once Jesus died and restored the relationship, we are free from the enemy. We are free from the law of God, the curse of God. We are free from the power of sin, and we are free from the world. Say, I'm free. And then finally, who did he pay it for? That's nice. He paid it for who? He paid it for who? So he paid it to who? To God, the justice of God. And he paid it for who? For us. We are so special. Back to Mark chapter 10, verse, verse 45. Verse what? 45. All right. What does it say? He did not come to be saved, but to serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give him his life a ransom for who? It tells us in the text that so he gave his life. That was the ransom that was paid, and it, to, it tells us in the text who it was paid for. And I like the way he used the Son of Man. The Son of Man is a, is a high title. In Daniel chapter seven, verse thirteen, talks about I saw the Son of Man. He's talking about the exalted humanity. There's, most of the time, the Son of Man reflects, relates to his humanity. The Son of God relates to his, 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 his divinity. But most of the time, Jesus referred himself to as the Son of Man, which carries a stronger weight. The Son of Man. And so the Son of Man came not to be saved, but to serve and to give his life one. So what he gave, what he paid was his life. The ransom for many. That word many is not for all. For many who God has predestined to deliver. Who are the many? You and I. Is there anyone here who is part of the many? Yes. If you are not part, if you are not born again, please bring her down. You make sure you get born again before you can say I'm part of the many. Because if you are not born again, you are, you're, you're, you are very miserable. Do you know why? Yeah. Satan got you. <laughs> Tell the person sitting beside you. In case you are not born again. Please. Repent quickly because Satan got you. Someone shout hallelujah. Did you get something tonight? If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, Yes, Lord. Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.